ونص بعنوان اتساع مساحة Our session today will be until 6.30 The expansion of the spaces for the uprising that we all witnessed and we had a major discussion around it in terms if it is a different uprising of a new type in Palestine particularly in terms of the participation of the Palestinians in 1948 occupied territories, including activists, parties, and, uh, and all the uh, society. That we saw how they uh, went into Jerusalem in support of Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood. And there was that long discussion around this solidarity that everyone spoke of and it was very well felt in terms of the uh, solidarity or engaging all the Palestinian diaspora and across the borders. This uh, uprising that re-established uh, a new form of hope after many long years of uh, despair and the Trump plan that placed the Palestinians in a very difficult political situation, as if the Jerusalem uprising came to re-establish hope. This session will discuss many issues uh, uh, to analyze this uprising. We have a number of specialists that we are proud to have them with us today, who will shed uh, light uh, and hands on uh, connection and experience as related to the media and tendencies of the media towards this uprising. We start with Dr. Hunayda Ghanem, and this session will be more of just uh, scientific papers, but they will be more of interactive ideas, uh, new ideas and new visions on the Jerusalem uprising. And there will be discussion by the different participants and we will be receiving your feedback and Q&A. Every speaker will have 10 to 12 minutes so that we can have time for your extremely important uh, questions in this session. Uh, due to the large number of uh, participants, we prefer that anyone who has any question to write it in the Q&A box. And we will address most of the questions. That's why we have allocated enough time for this We start with Dr. Hunaida. Dr. Hunaida is the Director General of the Palestinian Center for Israeli Studies, Madar. She has a PhD in sociology from the Hebrew University in Jerusalem, 2005. She specialized in cultural and political sociology. She has a number of publications on the policies of colonialism in Palestine and the role of the Palestinian scholars and Judaism and the culture and nationality in Israel. And she's a friend of the IPS. We always like to listen to her. Dr. Hanayda, the floor is yours. Thanks a lot to my uh, 
colleague and friend, I am always happy to participate in all the activities of the Palestinian Institute of Studies, Institute of Palestinian Studies. This issue of uprising, there was a lot of discussion and we can take it from different perspectives. We are uh, in, a, uh, we teach in the academic area and you look at the issue and maybe uh, you think maybe from a sociological point of view, we can analyze to see, understand why this uprising took place at this given moment when we had that feeling of despair as if we had no hope. Um, had that uh, darkness. What is the justification that led to uh, exploding the situation the way it happened? And this might take us to uh, different uh, areas. Maybe we can look at it from beyond the sociological analysis. And as a result of, of this engagement, moral engagement that we have, or ethical engagement, as uh, scholars, Palestinian scholars, who suffer the occupation and this pain of fear, despair. Despair is painful, in fact. What can we take from what happened as tools to assist us to uh, overcome the situation that we are facing? And maybe we are very uh, interconnected. I will try to discuss this, meaning that if you look at the events, you will understand that in 1948 areas, except for the Al-Aqsa Intifada that had uh, some solidarity. This is the first time for the Palestinians in 1948 do not suffice themselves with solidarity with the Palestinian cause and Palestinians, but they are the ones who was leading the struggle and practicing the struggle. So they turned into the uh, center of the event after that center was outside in this of West Bank and Gaza. But this time they became the uh, center of events. I don't say that this is related to, from a sociological point of view, the Palestinian national action in 1948 is not a coincidence. It did not come out of the blue, but rather it is connected uh, to the development in the Zionist project itself and the Zionist uh, colonial project. It was a project that was, uh, that somehow succeeded in achieving itself until 1967, started gradually turning from the logic of a colonial state into that logic of Judy settler uh, Judaism uh, state. So from a settlement project in the West Bank and again in 1948 areas. So 
these Palestinians in 1948 areas, they found themselves in facing something that they thought they finished that is turning to citizenship. That is facing the, uh, the settler returning from West Bank to Israel to occupy the uh, houses and, uh, and the spaces where the Palestinians are through the uh, Talmudic uh, verses. That is the developments in the Zionist project and developments in its practices and what we called more than once the ascension of third Israel turning to more of a theological state and, uh, and nationalist uh, Judaism. Uh, I mean, this turned uh, into developments, unleashed developments uh, across Palestine. What happened is that the development or participation or melting or eroding borders or eroding the green line, it was not just a Palestinian informed choice, but rather part of interactions uh, of developments within the Zionist project itself that led to eroding these borders. And we speak about eroding these borders the green line, and this is somehow painful or that as it became part of a reaction to the developments in the Zionist project that does not consider or respect any uh, borders or green line. And so all of this resulted that all the Palestinian people into turning into rephrasing uh, the Palestinian uh, struggle. And until a given point, and Palestinians were uh, 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 moving as in different groups, these, uh, uh, there was re shuffling of the borders and to have a new center bringing these national projects together. Just to clarify a point, what happened? These dynamics uh, are connected with different internal uh, uh, contradictions. Yes, we are having this uprising and erosion of these borders as if we Palestinians in 1948 areas returned into a center. So uh, the Palestinians practice struggle as one block. So much these uh, internal contradictions What happened in October uprising resulted into a reaction for uh, that turned into these developments. This way, 
when we say in uh, Palestine, we say this is the Palestinian uh, identity. At the same time, we are speaking about uh, developments in the Palestinian society towards speaking of the individual uh, uh, solution and separation between politics and so forth. At the same time, if we look at the parallel uh, experiences in the West Bank and in Gaza, we find that there is a state of, or these, there are contradicting uh, factions that might still, might tend to go, to extend the period of, you know, at the end of the day, this, I don't see the situation that we are having that is privatizing the Palestinian uh, cause, this will not continue. But they might tend to extend this period, this uh, interim period for more and more time. To wrap up, I can say in two words, What happened in 1948 and to uh, and through different projects and the other thing is that we were acting on the basis of having parallel national projects this moment have open space to reintegrate these projects with into a more attractive central project but we need to take into consideration that there are different factions uh, that are contradicting might take us into a different direction. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Dr. Hunaida. I would like uh, to continue with uh, Muhammad Al-Kurd, but I will finish up from where, uh, uh, I will start from where Hunaida finished up in her uh, final conclusion. Do you, Muhammad, uh, uh, see what Hunaida mentioned uh, in terms of that this was not a Palestinian decision that people decided that this is we are going to have this uprising and this is our plan to but it was a result of dynamics of a Zionist uh, project uh, that is in transformation and as a result of uh, internal contradictory streams and trends since you were on the ground and you were in a personal uh, uh, place uh, uh, for you but before uh, you answer i want to introduce you to the audience mohammed el kurd is a, a, a Palestinian uh, writer and poet uh, from Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood in East Jerusalem, occupied Jerusalem. He is now uh, preparing for his MA uh, in the US. 
before going back to Sheikh Jarrah to a protest at the forced eviction of the residents and his own family from the neighborhood. And he was considered by the Israeli occupation and attacked by them. Mohammed will publish his first book, which is a collection of poems soon. Mohammed, you have the floor. Thank you. Thank you for your introduction. I am proud to be uh, uh, here today, and I thank uh, Dr. Hunaida for her valuable insights. I agree and disagree at the same time. Of course, uh, colonization and occupation uh, impacts in terms of the obliteration of Palestinian identity inside 1948 territories uh, played a major role, whether they were tangible policies in terms of uh, stealing of lands, confiscation of uh, lands and homes in uh, Jaffa and Haifa, uh, or Israel realization and Judaization policies in uh, Shafa Amr, that's the city of Shafa Amr. But what uh, led this uh, uprising to transcend the boundaries is that it was not hierarchical. Uh, and this is uh, uh, something that we've uh, witnessed during the first and second intifadas uprisings. But there was always a parallel uh, voice. Uh, that uh, uh, identified uh, itself with uh, the uprising, a leadership voice that is uh, clarifying what Palestinians are doing to the international community. However, today the Palestinian National Authority as it was uh, obvious uh, to the Palestinian people, it is a failed uh, institution and entity and was unable to identify itself uh, with uh, the uh, recent uprising in Jerusalem. And therefore, uh, the project and the initiative was non-hierarchical. Everybody did what ever they wanted and it was it had unprecedented uh, success of course there were many challenges that result from a non-hierarchical uh, 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 struggle project in terms of lack of organization but there are many lessons uh, learned uh, from this uh, and i believe uh, the youth wherever they are have a, a imposed on the institutions, particularly Palestinian institutions, the use of a new discourse in terms of describing the events that were unfolding. And as such, uh, the ceiling was raised uh, today. Uh, we refuse to reduce uh, 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 the discussion uh, to uh, uh, settlement activities and 1967 borders. We are talking today about colonization, a settler colonial project. We are talking about uh, 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 genocide, uh, ethnic cleansing, uh, and uh, we're talking about different apartheid policies without uh, using the, uh, uh, the, uh, the terms that do not describe really the situation on the ground. The new Zionism, in addition to the lack of uh, hierarchy uh, uh, and the fact that the youth imposed a new discourse led uh, to this uh, uprising in Jerusalem. And then the thing, the other new thing that we've seen uh, was uh, the armed uh, resistance in Gaza that took measures and steps in response to what was happening in Jerusalem. This is something that we did not witness before. We didn't see people in Gaza respond to what was happening in Jerusalem before. And this shows that we are uniting in an unprecedented manner. 
I wanted to talk today about steadfastness and the challenges that we're facing. But uh, for the audience that are with us uh, today, I think this is something that is very well understood, uh, very uh, known. Everybody is aware of Palestinian resilience and steadfastness. And therefore, I want to talk uh, in the last five minutes that are allocated to me to talk about the prices that we had to pay as a result of this uprising. We've seen hundreds of thousands of people who were raising the Palestinian ceiling of demands uh, everywhere around the world. We saw a lot of uh, allies uh, who are coming to talk to us and who for years feared to talk about the Palestinian question and did not even find the vocabulary, the terms that they needed to talk about it. But today this has changed. But at the same time, we've seen prices that people had paid, uh, who, those who are affiliated with um, uh, the, uh, the poorer, the more marginalized uh, uh, segments of the society. For example, inside 1948 uh, uh, territories, we've seen more than 2,000 people were arrested. Many are still incarcerated in uh, ACO. Uh, today, we see many uh, people, scores of people who are still being in, in, uh, incarcerated uh, uh, on the background of their involvement in the uprising. And we don't have uh, the mechanisms uh, to address uh, these uh, heavy prices. We don't have the society uh, system to address it. Uh, uh, and of course, in 1948 territories, there was the establishment of a fund, the Fund for Freedom and Dignity, that is collecting uh, money to pay uh, for uh, the fines and uh, for bailing the people out of the prison. But we are seeing uh, many things happening uh, in Jerusalem in 1948 territories, but they are not uh, uh, as solid as we'd uh, imagine or would want to see, but maybe in the coming years, we need to develop popular committees as well that could uh, get rid of the Israeli uh, system and establishment, whether culturally or socially, and also uh, face up uh, to the uh, Israeli establishment in the aftermath of any uprisings or events that take place. I was arrested. I don't want to say arrested. I was uh, just uh, detained for uh, a few hours and uh, together with my sister and after when we, we were uh, released, uh, 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 there was a huge solidarity from uh, the people. Uh, but what was concerning to us is that the solidarity with the people was uh, as a result of uh, building a media character, a figure that is known uh, through the media. People know that person. This is how you build your uh, image and is as a symbol, maybe. And therefore, we saw a, a lot of solidarity internationally. Even diplomats were intervening and channels, different channels talking to Israel uh, when we were only uh, detained for a few hours. But we know that uh, Murad Atiyah from Sheikh Jarrah, uh, 25 years old, he is a teacher in one of the municipality schools. He teaches Arabic language. And he was uh, at the epicenter of the uprising from uh, A to Z. He was all the time engaging in the protests. He was always waiting for prisoners uh, uh, who were detained by Israel. But we don't see anything about him being arrested. We don't see any uh, media uh, 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 uproar uh, for those who are arrested in ACO. And this takes me to another challenge that we are facing. 
we see, for example, in the Mohammed Muna Al Kurd case or Ahd Tamimi case, uh, we see that there is a failed leadership uh, that is the Oslo leadership, uh, and uh, the international uh, opinion and the public opinion are creating symbols for people to identify with, whether myself, my sister, or Ahd. But these are not leading figures in the institutional sense of the word or uh, the power uh, that is entailed in terms of a leader, uh, but and therefore the uprising is not sustainable and we don't see the same impact uh, 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 for the other uh, prisoners. And, uh, and I don't have an answer for this uh, challenge, but we need to see how we can shed light on those who are on the margins, who are marginalized, who do not have a voice through social media those who are not loved by uh, TV cameras. How can we uh, maintain this momentum uh, uh, and when uh, people who are marginalized and probably not very well known to the public uh, 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 are arrested? And how can we maintain uh, the momentum when we are not, uh, there aren't the rockets being fired, but we can maintain a momentum uh, and uh, and thank you again uh, for hosting me. I'm here to learn from all the other speakers. Thank you, Mohammed. But since uh, your uh, a question, your uh, last question, I, first of all, of all, thank you for sharing with us your uh, personal story. And I think it is very important in terms of what is happening uh, these days. Sometimes uh, the uh, act of arrest is, is uh, more highlighted depending on the person who's being arrested rather than the arrest uh, act, uh, act itself or why it is happening and what is its background. And therefore what you've mentioned is crucial that the issues remain uh, public rather than personalized, uh, rather than creating icons or symbols. I'm glad that you are aware of this uh, issue. That is very important. And if Adnan Abu Amr uh, allows me that, since we're talking about the media uh, and in the way uh, Muhammad concluded through his question, I want to take that question to Muhammad, uh, Dr. Muhammad Abu Rub, who is a Palestinian academic and researcher who focuses on analyzing the media discourse. He has a PhD in media from uh, Vienna University in 2013. Currently, he is a professor of media at the Birzeit University. He's been in this uh, position for the last 10 years. Uh, uh, doctor, uh, what do you think of what Muhammad uh, uh, said at the end of his uh, uh, um, uh, speech uh, and how the media captures certain moments and uh, turns certain people into heroes, but uh, does not uh, continue to shed light on the cases of other people who are being arrested and do, does not take it to become a question of public opinion? Thank you. Thank you uh, for all the participants, all the audience uh, today. In any case, in the past, we used uh, to suffer from that uh, foreign traditional media to the, uh, the lack of coverage of the media question, uh, meaning that there are clashes between Palestinians and Israelis that led to this and that the Palestinian uh, 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 incidents would come in the foreign media, maybe not misleading, but rather without a context. Why are there clashes? How did they take place? Where is the human dimension of the media stories? 
And so these details did not uh, come through. Uh, but now with the social media and the new media, there is a larger space uh, for a, a, a reaction and for emotion. And this is linked to the human stories. Uh, the stories of uh, suffering, personal suffering that are more common and people can identify with. And this, I will continue on what Mohammed said. I'm not against these examples. Muna, who is a graduate of media department from Birzeit University and uh, Mohammed, these are good examples and good tools uh, to highlight uh, the issues. Uh, Bella Hadid and the uh, information and the, the, the messages uh, that she was conveying. Maybe somebody uh, uh, would uh, describe her as somebody who's engaged in the entertainment and in the industry and the uh, consumption of new media. But these consumption of the new media in terms of crisis and also at the time of the uprising, it came back to recreate and regenerate a new public opinion around the world in support of the Palestinian question. So let us ask the reverse question. If Muna or Muhammad were not there, then many of the coverage and details would not have been captured. If you did not have a live broadcasting through your own mobiles, then many of the details could have been lost. This does not mean that that there were years of uh, pe people spent years uh, struggling and, and giving of their time, but they did not uh, come out in the uh, media. But this is the problem of the media. Sometimes they would highlight certain uh, people, certain characters, they will be interested, but then again, the light might uh, shift away from uh, them. But uh, the uprising, how the Israelis saw it and how they saw the digital space and its transformations. And I also want to take about the hashtags, the tweeting, and the other point that I want to address is what can we do in the coming uh, stage uh, phase? I want to quote uh, the spokesperson for the Israeli uh, army, Roland Miles, who said uh, that the state of Israel is losing the younger generation and also losing those who are convinced of their uh, story. And therefore, we need to focus on those who are hesitant and reluctant. And we should not use propaganda only when uh, there is a fire exchange. So if the occupier who has that uh, power is interested in public relations and the media, then the Palestinian people who are the real victim here should publish and share uh, their uh, narrative and their stories. So it is very important in Arabic, there's a difference between the uprising as such and what was happening in Jerusalem. And so this is the, the term in Arabic is habbe, that is not the full intifada in that sense. And so it was not planned, it was spontaneous and it was important, but it, it is also temporary and has sustainable results. But how can we have the actions themselves sustainable and permanent so that we continue to affect the international public opinion? What were the transformations that happened as a result of social media? Uh, under the recent uprising, I will give some statistics in the US. Uh, uh, sympathy with the Palestinian people uh, increased in general in the last uh, public opinion poll uh, to 30 percent. And this was uh, during uh, the aggression on Gaza and during the uh, Sheikh Jarrah uh, events, neighborhood events. And Gol uh, uh, Paul says that uh, more than 80 percent of those re the respondents uh, believe that Palestinians were not the cause behind the war. Another opinion poll showed a reduction in the support for Israel 
increase a, a decrease in support for Israel at an average of 15% in most of the European countries, uh, mostly in the UK and uh, France, and uh, the least was in Germany. So a decrease in support of evangelical Christians in the US uh, uh, to 33%, and half of them supported the establishment of a Palestinian state. Also, according to Gallup uh, uh, poll, 53% uh, uh, of uh, US Democrats uh, uh, support uh, pressure on Israel uh, to uh, 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 engage in the peace uh, process. So most of these uh, polls show a relative uh, transformation and change and shift in the international uh, public opinion regarding the Palestinian narrative and the Palestinian context of the crisis. How did we reach to this level of sympathy? As a person who is focusing on social media, I am uh, uh, convinced that social media platforms have helped uh, create this shift in the public, uh, international public opinion, and that uh, foreign media, whether biased to Israel in some, uh, in like Fox News and others, or uh, relatively biased uh, towards Israel, uh, such as in CNN group, uh, and other media groups in the US, but the new media and the social media overall have changed this uh, uh, general uh, trend and attitude. Uh, for example, in May, uh, with the hashtag Gaza under attack at the uh, culmination of uh, the crisis, hashtag uh, Gaza under attack, every two minutes it reached one million people on Twitter alone in each uh, one every minute, uh, Palestinian stories were reaching half a million of people around the world uh, through Twitter. Another uh, example in India on the 13th of May, there was a hashtag, we stand with Palestine. It was trending in India. And we know India in terms of the uh, density of the population and how huge it is. The, the, the hashtag we stand with Palestine was trending for uh, a, a long uh, uh, hours. And uh, Israel and supporters of Israel tried to do, we support uh, Israel, uh, but it did not reach uh, India. Also on the 8th of May, the hashtag of Save Sheikh Jarrah reached on the 8th of May to become a trend in 35 countries around the world. And it was ranking second internationally uh, for uh, several hours. Uh, to be the second uh, hashtag trending around the world. And it was trending in 35 countries around the world. In this context, the hashtag, the social media, and there are many statistics that we could mention, but due to the limited time, I will can uh, postpone it uh, to uh, the discussion uh, part of the session. But then we have two contexts. Uh, then there is a shift in the international public opinion, at least 10% shift in some countries. Uh, in other uh, areas, it was higher. The hashtag and the tweets increased uh, tremendously. But what is the solution? What do we have to do as Palestinian activists and uh, foreign activists supporting Palestine? What should we do? The first is uh, to uh, uh, um, um, understand the uprising and uh, 
deconstruct what it was. And this is uh, our problem with the occupation is that the production of Palestinian content, uh, usually it's seasonal, uh, immediate, uh, ad hoc, uh, at the time of the crisis, it could have lasting impact, but uh, how much it is being uh, promoted and published and it, it goes uh, down. And so what people receive in terms of information over social media platforms, thus uh, the question, the Palestinian question, uh, starts to vanish uh, gradually. Any story on social media can become trend uh, and become a, a, a huge issue for a few days, and then another issue comes around and, and replaces it. And this requires us as Palestinians to have organized efforts on social media platforms. If Gaza under attack, uh, if, if, if the bombardment stopped for a, a, a period of time, what do we do with that hashtag? We stop using it? No, we should use a permanent uh, hashtag, which is end uh, occupation, in addition to other hashtags such as save the Sheikh Jarrah and Gaza under attack, which is a hashtag that can be used at all times and hashtags that relate to temporary uh, events. So reproducing uh, the Palestinian media content and using short videos uh, and using uh, if you could see, for example, the importance of how I, foreign activists supporting a Palestinian question, the influencers, makeup artists, uh, whether Bella Hadid and other Hollywood uh, stars. Therefore, there is an urgent need to uh, produce and distribution uh, over social media platforms, uh, whether through the uh, uh, Palestinian communities abroad uh, uh, and uh, uh, to reproduce and recreate a Palestinian media content and uh, disseminate it. Any Palestinian audience around the world can share uh, media content that is uh, translated into different languages according to the country that is being targeted. And this would uh, reinforce the Palestinian discourse and story uh, everywhere. Uh, so I and I am ready uh, to answer any questions if you have later. ولكن قطع الاتصال فإذا عاد الاتصال رح نرجع نأخذه لمدة عشر أو إحدى عشر دقيقة. Now we still have time. We should have had a connection with Mr. Adam from Gaza. But now each of the speakers has discussed a certain point. I have some questions. sent to us and I have some, my own questions based on the presentations. Hunayda and Muhammad al-Kurd further clarified the uh, uprising, its reasons. I have more than one question here that I am asking Hunayda and Muhammad al-Kurd concerning if the uprising was not organized, how did it happen within I mean, in its daily repercussions? Did it start by Munal Kurd or how did it start? This is the how, not the why. Do we still have Muhammad Kurd? 
Like to answer, since you were on the ground and then Dr. I cannot answer this question. Uh, but I can speak about Save Sheikh Jarrah campaign. We cannot uh, take responsibility for the uprising, but what happened in Sheikh Jarrah since October last year, I remember when the court, Israeli court, occupation court uh, decision was for the uh, displacement. I was in New York. And we started that campaign for Sheikh Jarrah. And yes, the uprising was not organized, but the campaign was organized that we started and built it on the footsteps of our uh, people. And uh, this created several issues, in fact. With all due respect to our uh, people, this created problems with our people, such as and uh, with the committees, such as the Sheikh Jarrah Committee and with the Palestinian institution in the U.S. in particular and Palestinian institutions in general. There was that internal uh, conflict. There was lobbying uh, and pressure on these organizations. That is. To allow us to use new tactics and to use a new terminology. When I was pressuring people to use uh, ethnic cleansing, but there was rejection in general. And this required a lot of lobbying them and writing letters and uh, telephone calls. And this was the first milestone for me. Not necessarily right, but for me, the milestone was to change the terminology in dealing with the events because Sheikh Jarrah has been under the risk of uh, displacement and evacuation since 1972. And we have been conducting campaigns such as in 2009, and it was not with this momentum that we have now. So this is my answer. And there was some organization that uh, especially in media, you are trying to uh, create a certain equation when Western media comes to speak with me, the CNN, I understand that. CNN are very much interested in speaking with me. So naturally, a Palestinian uh, invited to speak to the media because we consider this as good. But these times, there was something different. We started requesting to see the questions that will be asked and to place red lines for the uh, news anchor. And we would reject to answer uh, racist questions. And we'd explain to people why uh, this uh, question uh, is left. So any Western or American uh, uh, citizen on his couch and watching uh, these chains in the media, it's clear that where people stand, people stand, well, yes, with the victims, but people support and stand with the strong who have some agency that we can help you if you are at risk. As Palestinians uh, going to the media. I believe this was a different organization.
Sometimes we feel despair when listening to news, but when we listen to Muhammad, then we get uh, hope. Let's say, now it's difficult to speak in details how it happened, but what? Please, uh, yeah, move your microphone. I don't want, I want to draw attention to an important point, which is the accumulation in uh, uh, Sheikh Jarrah uh, uprising. I spoke in a very summarized way about the different uh, Zionist projects. This is a settler's project entering the so-called mixed uh, population cities in Israel, where there are Arabs or Palestinians trying to enter them from within, as they do with the Palestinian neighborhoods in Jerusalem. So this project in Sheikh Jarrah is the same in Yafa and Akka and so if we look at Sheikh Jarrah as in May, even two months before, since a long time, events were exploding in Yafa. Confrontation was around the same subject with uh, Amidar company that tries to evacuate from their homes and the Torah groups that try to enter these houses and to displace Palestinian citizens from there. So this replacement of population is the same in Sheikh Jarrah and uh, Yafa and Ramle. So that's why this uprising has been across Palestine because this sent us back to 1948 to the roots of the issue. This brought back to the issue of the court 1948 to uh, the issue of uh, ethnic cleansing against Palestinians and so forth. So to look at issues from uh, the overall image or picture so that when we write around what happened in this uprising, if any historian writes around it, to remember that this uprising was not a bubble and one time off, but rather it was part of an overall general context. And when I say that, I need to add one point here. We cannot be focused in our discussion and discourse unless we rebuild the Palestinian identity. We are 12 million people. And let's say 12 million people who have their own institution, committees, and uh, joint festivals, unless we have this, we will remain weak. And you will see sometimes uprising in Jerusalem or elsewhere, or when they demolish Araqib. If we are not this way, as 12 million people who are not practicing politics with this identity, we will remain poor and fragmented. 
and we can speak more about this and not to say, okay, come for the uh, two-state or one-state solution. No, let's build this Palestinian identity and to act as well million population and to discuss the politics. Do we want one or two-state solution? Honeida, if you want to look at one aspect, if you wish, that you are aware of as related to the Palestinians in 1948, and you start to speak about contradictions. There are several projects, and we see Israeli attempts to end the presence of our people in 1948, if we consider this as a segment of the population in your vision, where do you see the possibilities for activism uh, to start from uh, with issues for Palestinians in Israel, the issues with the Israeli uh, government? as part of the Palestinian national movement. Many times our people in Israel proper are always too busy and that's why this applies in something strange. And uh, as we are Palestinians uh, very busy or too busy with our conflicts and with our uh, internal or civil uh, violence, if you wish. You know, I don't want to pinpoint uh, one thing, but in recent years, the Palestinian struggle, Palestinian people had that feeling of center that PLO was the center of events or, or central uh, part for the Palestinian people. Even with the Palestinian authority at a given point, it uh, formed the nucleus of a given project or certain project was a center somehow. Many years, the Palestinian people, they don't have a feeling. But these are parallel projects without a center. PLO is uh, gone, and so the uh, PA is not uh, doing the same as it did. But not only the Palestinian 48, also even Gaza are busy with uh, issues that are uh, life-related issues. And this Sephora, no one is speaking about it. As if the Palestinians there are do not belong. Now, as each group is acting or busy with its own individual uh, issues, you cannot ask people to put aside their uh, issues, their concerns, and to be busy with the overarching concerns. But these daily concerns that we are facing are the product of the national issue. Just take one thing, violence among the Arabs and Palestinians inside. Even this violence is somehow far away from the 
national issues. Since January until this day, 72 people were killed due to organized crime. Is this a civil issue? Is this a social issue? This has to do with the state issue. Even the police and the Israeli Shabak, they say Shabak protects these criminals. So these are collective issues that bring people together. So again, if there is no attempt to unify the Palestinian people and to act as a one entity, again, to clarify, when I say let's agree at minimum lines, what are the basic things that we can agree on? End the occupation, the right to return, the equality. So this is all the Palestinians, wherever they are, agree around them. So let's agree on these issues and try to see how we can work for that. And each group or segment will be the strategic support for the other segment. But until this day, each segment of the Palestinian population is acting individually and separately. The uh, May uprising gave indication to the potential for the Palestinian collective action, gave an indication. And now, today, when I look at the situation I'm having, this is indication that we are fragmented. What can we do? Zero. Thank you, Oneida. It's clear that this is a major question, but we need to return to hope. And more than hope, it's a reality that this uprising gave to us that there is a possibility to overcome all these contradictions at given uh, points. Every Palestinian is individually uh, very immersed and busy with their uh, issues, even Palestinians in the Sephora are facing even more difficult situation. But I need to make a question because I'm receiving so many questions here from different people in Arabic and English on an issue that Muhammad mentioned and issues related to that which is the concept of forming popular committees. In the last three years, personally, I was in conferences related to Palestinian cause, to the Palestinian cause, and issues of third world people, how save themselves uh, against attacks by different dictatorships and occupations. There is a tendency to speak about the concept of popular committees, especially under occupation and in recalling uh, uh, and revisiting what happened in the first intifada that is internal, that is national solidarity. And as Dr. Muhammad mentioned, and uh, we have from the media different tools. Now, and this is connected to what happened with Hunayda. Uh, 
والاسئله للجميع يعني للدكتور دكتور محمد. One of the questions is there is a need for popular committees so the first part of the question is there a possibility in fact to revive or establish popular committees from a different perspective and the other part of the question uh, or the questions that we are receiving many of them are coming in in english about the role of palestinians in the diaspora uh, in this kind of a movement this uprising and even about the possibility of creating a body that represents Palestinians in the diaspora in order uh, to uh, mobilize uh, support uh, 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 for uh, the activism and the uprisings inside Palestine. So this, these are questions about the role of uh, Palestinians outside Palestine in such uh, 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 activism. So maybe we can pose this question first uh, to Dr. Mohammed Abu Rub. The questions uh, are grouped. Uh, I believe popular committees can be twofold uh, in, in reality in the neighborhoods on the ground. And we've seen that when we saw the Palestinian youth in Jerusalem in the neighborhoods calling uh, for others to come and help out. Uh, uh, and uh, as a result of uh, media influencers or young uh, activists in Jerusalem were issuing these calls and people would come and support and also virtual uh, committees. So we have the ones on the ground that confront the settlers and that uh, document the attacks, and then the virtual committees that disseminate information about that uh, in different languages around the world. Before the COVID-19 uh, uh, pandemic, there was a delegation of uh, Palestinians living in Latin America, some of whom do not even speak Arabic, but they have a sense of uh, uh, belonging to Palestine uh, uh, in their traditions. And they uh, wanted uh, Palestinian platforms in Spanish uh, so that they produce information and videos that are translated into Spanish uh, for them to follow up on what was happening. And so there were Palestine uh, uh, broadcast, uh, uh, they were in Spanish, Russian, French languages, and these kinds of pages were very uh, active. And I'm one of the people who uh, uh, supervises and helps these pages in order to produce and disseminate uh, Palestinian media content in different languages. And there are several platforms such as International Communities Against Israel, uh, Breaking the Silence, Palestinian Lives Matter, Eye on Palestine, and other platforms and groups and pages, international communities. Dr. Mohammed, allow me to interrupt you, but uh, these pages, and I was also part of this discussion, whether these groups that are supporting and these um, multiple pages that are supporting the Palestinian question, it seems like these efforts are not organized, like organizing. Is there a vision of how we can use the virtual space, uh, the uh, online uh, space, uh, uh, to uh, create some sort of an uprising? Maybe it's, a, it's an exaggeration to say uprising, but to talk about a strategic tactic uprising through uh, the online uh, platforms, uh, for example, in uh, we know underground to have uprisings that are successful, there needs to be organization. And we know that all uprisings that they were not organized, even major revolutions, if they lacked the organization, they would end. So would there be an organization of these kinds of uh, virtual uprisings, if you want, through these different pages? 
uh, that is why we are talking about a spontaneous act and not something strategic or uh, organized. But even in the uh, events that happened in Jerusalem recently, uh, there was a lot of international sympathy and we were able to reach 2 million people uh, on uh, Twitter uh, uh, every two minutes. And so there was an increased the media awareness and awareness in general. So how did that reflect on the ground? Some of the groups and some of the pages, people were redirected or were called upon to uh, join certain protests, for example, or sit-ins. Uh, and in some, uh, and they were publishing documents or information about protests at certain times in certain cities in different countries, and that increased the number of people who joined the different protests around the world in support of the Palestinian question. And we saw for the first time rallies that had a quarter of a million of people or half a million of people in the US and the UK, something that was unprecedented. And therefore, I agree that there needs to be bodies like BDS expand their work, for example, and scope of activities. And these bodies that should continue to produce content because we have a problem with the flow of information and we do not have a sufficient uh, uh, production of uh, information to the media because we are governed and by the international foreign media that has its own policies and therefore we need to have the pumping of information if you want at the international level uh, take opportunity of certain national moments certain national days in certain countries and that is why palestinians in the diaspora are very important in terms of resharing of the media content palestinian content and not to overlook the importance of social media so i want to talk from this very narrow angle of a social media and I believe that it is very important. Otherwise, Israel would not, as a state of occupation and occupier, uh, would establish their own pages in different countries around the world. Israel's uh, uh, Facebook page in the Philippines has 75,000 followers, and this is affiliated with the Israeli Minister of Foreign Affairs. And Philippines is not a leading country around the world in terms of policies at the international level. But Israel was keen on presenting its image from its own colonial perspective, even to countries that did not have that much weight in the international uh, scene. And this is why it is important to have alliances with democratic, progressive political parties who support human rights around the world in order to mobilize support for the Palestinian question. Thank you, Dr. Mohammed, for these insights. I think you were brief and to the point, and the answer was a very specific uh, to the answer that was posed. Hamad al-Kurd. I don't want also to take long because I cannot uh, answer all the questions as such. There is an elephant in the room uh, that is not being uh, addressed, whether in terms of popular committees or uh, leaders uh, abroad uh, in the diaspora, it is clear what the main obstacle to that, and that is the Palestinian National Authority. We are facing a huge impediment, uh, which is the Palestinian National Authority. The Palestinians in the diaspora cannot uh, go to the Palestinian embassy uh, uh, to, to discuss certain contents or requirements uh, or protests because there is a body that represents the Palestinian people and everybody's waiting for a word from that body and usually it is absent or 
uh, or it is a very uh, uh, um, uh, weak. Uh, there are uh, rallies that had hundreds of thousands of people that we saw in London, in the US. They did not come out of nowhere. They had Palestinian organizers behind them and mobilizers who were able to uh, uh, mobilize these uh, people. And they will not replace the PA, but if we uh, look at the Zionist project, we know that Zionists had international representation even before Israel was established, uh, uh, and they had some form of legitimacy that is now currently only reduced to the uh, PA uh, for us as Palestinians. Of course, uh, what I'm saying is I may be idealistic because uh, we're only two months uh, away from the uh, killing of uh, Nizar Banat, and we saw uh, what was happening on the ground in Ramallah, whereby people were demanding for the dismantling of the PA, and now it is uh, people demanding uh, elections. So there's a division even among those protesters. Some were calling for the dismantling of the PA, and others are calling for reform through uh, conducting of elections. And therefore, we need to have some form of agreement consensus among us as 12 million Palestinians. And the most and foremost uh, thing to agree on is that if the PA we don't want to dismantle, then it has to be revamped and, 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 and reshaped and, and reformed because they are not undertaking their duties on the ground, Muhammad, uh, while you were in Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood as part of this uprising, how much did you coordinate with political actors outside Palestine, whether Palestinians or non-Palestinians? It was a, a lot of coordination, uh, in fact, with many people. At one point, as uh, residents of Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood, we told people uh, to what you want and we will support you, but we don't have the capacity to have strategic meetings with everyone. But there was a lot of uh, uh, groups and movements, Al-Auda uh, uh, organization, Palestinian youth movement, everywhere in Palestinian diaspora, there was a lot of activities going on. Sheikh Jarrah uh, residents were always being updated and, uh, and informed about them. But Muhammad, uh, me as Muhammad Al-Kurd, I was maybe aware of the tactics and the things that we would be using. Last question, it's also many questions about the PA and their role in this uprising. Did you coordinate with them? Was there any kind of support from the PA? Of course, the PA is funding one of our lawyers. Uh, is uh, funding one of the lawyers that are defending the Sheikh Jarrah residents and who is representing us uh, before Israeli courts. Also, the P8 had uh, tried uh, to climb and 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 uh, uh, become opportunistic uh, to uh, take a, 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 to uh, seize the opportunity uh, uh, to, uh, to climb over the uh, backs of the people who were engaged in the uprising. And when I say that, my parents would tell me, but what about the lawyer? The lawyer is being funded by them. But this was their mere role. Uh, but and, and they tried to do a lot of things as a result of that. So we're talking about the PA. I'm not an expert, but 
if I have 60% of the people in the West Bank are getting paid by the PA. Whenever a Palestinian is killed, is martyred, or uh, Israeli uh, soldiers kidnap a Palestinian, uh, uh, and the uh, PA uh, pays uh, money for their families and support their families. But this is a role that is a very minimal. It is becoming only a financial uh, role. And I'm not saying that it is a negative role, but as a PA, which is also the representative of the Palestinian people, you are only uh, doing one uh, thing of uh, so many others that you need to do uh, for the Palestinian people. And this is my criticism of the PA. I hope that they will not assassinate me as a result of that. I agree. If we go into a discussion of what is happening with the PA and what is uh, what we're seeing now, I don't know what I can add uh, to what we've written uh, uh, and what we've said uh, everywhere we were hosted or to, uh, uh, invited that Israel wants to 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 a, a role maybe you don't want to do this uh, role or perform it but uh, we see that you uh, uh, that you are uh, uh, domesticated somehow you are you are uh, in a way uh, uh, forced to do a certain role or otherwise you will disappear pa wants uh, israel wants pa to be a mediator between israel and the palestinian population and so it becomes a, a service provider for uh, the people uh, or uh, social welfare uh, services uh, to the families who are in need and so on and so forth, but that the PA will not uh, undertake its role, which is the main role, which is the uh, uh, struggle uh, and uh, for the ending of the occupation and the working towards Palestinian independence. Uh, to be frank, I think we are in a in an impasse in a and often i i try to think how can we overcome this how can we get out of the situation we find ourselves in with whereby the price is not very costly as a price that people can afford for overcoming this impasse and if we don't agree again i repeat it if we don't agree on the minimum uh, 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 and try as a 12 million people to uh, strive towards achieving this these minimum requirements uh, so we remain we will remain fragmented but in uh, for the international uh, world with the palestinians abroad you talked about uh, palestinian solidarity in general i did not talk about palestinian solidarity i talked about palestinian acts as a Palestinians, maybe the 1948 territories, it, it is the uh, strategic uh, 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 dimension for the West Bank and so on and so forth, especially when the Arab world around us have become a world where uh, is, is a deterrent, is weakening our positions. We talk about six out of 21 Arab countries who have diplomatic, full diplomatic relations with Israel in addition to other Arab countries who are in, are in, in their own crises and bloodshedding and, and, and battles. So Palestinians, the 12 million Palestinians is the source of power 
we we have to practice politics as 12 million Palestinians. The PLO continues to be present. I don't want to uh, address a lot of conflicts uh, and discussions and 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 uh, controversy about how to change and reform the PLO. I say let's do a Palestinian Congress that represents all Palestinians. This is not a, a replacement of the PLO. This Palestinian Congress should not necessarily take political decisions regarding Palestinian struggle, but can take decisions about how to reinforce and strengthen Palestinian presence and existence, establish a Palestinian fund, for example, to support different programs, different projects. I don't want to address uh, political issues because I'm sure um, Many people will be embarrassed, or people from 1948 territories will be embarrassed and do not even want to uh, enter in a Palestinian National Liberation Project that somebody from the diaspora would say, for example, uh, to do uh, certain things. And those who are inside 1948 territories do not want it because they uh, know what is available to them. And so in order to overcome this, we can have this comprehensive framework. And this is something that I, I'm not the first to talk about, Kamil uh, Mansour and others talked about the Palestinian Congress that represents everyone, but we talk and talk about it. And uh, things uh, are then forgotten uh, and neglected as for Palestinians in the diaspora, the most they can do, uh, the things that Palestinians are threatened by uh, the most is their existence. Uh, Palestinians are threatened in uh, Jaffa, in Akko, in uh, Jerusalem. So uh, this will uh, allow, for example, Israelis uh, to build a thousand settlement units in return for some settlement uh, units for Palestinians. So supporting the Palestinian existence is the basic thing that the diaspora can do, in addition to all the uh, uh, political support, but the support for the financial support for the Palestinian existence, projects for to support Palestinian resilience and steadfastness, because our presence on the ground is the most important thing. Thank you, Dr. Haneda. Now I would like to point out that Dr. Adnan Abu Amr, he is unable to join us because of internet issue, which is a practical representation to the situation in Gaza. Mr. Adnan Abu Amr was supposed to speak about the uh, resistance strategy. Now we are almost approaching the end of our session, but there is an important point that that Dr. Uh, Mr. Adnan uh, was about to uh, fill this gap. This uh, uh, uprising that started by all Palestinians, but turned, if turned uh, to uh, military resistance, and this turned to Gaza, and we saw uh, what happened later on how to understand the issue of rockets fired from Gaza and their relation with the daily uh, uprising. Should response or uh, continuing the popular action through a military 
action or not. This was supposed to be answered by Dr. Adnan. I know that the speakers have something to add uh, to this since uh, we have, we can open the floor for a minute for any of you who would like to add, to speak about military uh, resistance. I know there was uh, a long discussion around it. And we saw this on uh, Facebook and in reality. By the way, I can speak about this if you wish, although when I spoke about it, I was attacked. I believe not necessarily you always have the right. I mean, it's not the issue that I have a right. I have a right according to international law or not. But in a certain given moment of practice, is this good for you or not? I believe that the, uh, the popular resistance, if it continued, it would have more stronger uh, potential for impact and effect. And if you could achieve things at any given moment, this at a strategic level, and a general feeling what is happening uh, or what is given to me. Is this good for me or not? I personally believe that the Palestinian the most can benefit the most from the popular struggle, peaceful struggle. This can be most beneficial more than any other form of struggle. So the uh, issue is not if I have right or not, but it is the smart use of the most suitable means. This is my point. Okay, as we said, if I want to represent the other views, hopefully Mr. Adnan will cover this. Resistance in Gaza for the first time used new tools or technical tools to uh, hit Israel this form or that form. Sometimes this uh, military language is necessary to divert conflict into a different direction, even if sometimes at the expense of popular uh, uprisings. And the discussion that's going around, which is, as mentioned by Dr. Muhammad, are we uh, an uprising or uh, just a temporary one? The strange thing is that the Palestinian uprising has been called uprising in 1987. And it was called uprising after it started. When we noticed the Jerusalem uprising was immediately called this way, as we know that it is a temporary immediate one because of the settlement circumstances, as mentioned by Honaida and the American vision. As if this placed us in a position to see that everything as uh, at 
short term, but this is part of the discussion that was discussed in several conferences about the concept of ongoing catastrophe or Nakba. And these uprisings since uh, uh, 1700, uh, ongoing since that time, and ending with facing the Israeli uh, colonialist project. These are not detached events. It is the issue of a colonialist structure that invites uh, stronger and longer uh, uprisings. But sometimes the uprisings, because of circumstances, they uh, come up strong, then we and get weaker. And we saw for a few years the uh, uh, what was called the revolution of knives, then something new came up. This is the ongoing Nakba. We hope that this Nakba one day will end. And I believe if we continue studying and criticizing as Dr. Ronaita mentioned and understanding the role of the media as Dr. Muhammad Abu Rob mentioned and understand the role of political activists, as Mr. Kord mentioned, then we Palestinians, we can do something important in understanding and analyzing our daily reality. But through the IPS, that gives us this platform. And we hope always to have these discussions. I thank you for your participation. Dr. Mohammed Abu Rob, there were questions for you. We can review related to the uh, privacy of information, how activists can protect their privacy, uh, which is an important subject. We're going to speak about security for political activists who are facing this high exposure of their identity and this has a great impact for preventing uh, having new uprisings because this new media has the other face of revealing and exposing political activists and this is uh, worth a separate seminar 